Welcome in to Bears Weekly, a Chicago Bears Network production. Download the Chicago Bears official app, brought to you by Verizon, to follow the team on the go. Bears Weekly is brought to you by Advocate Healthcare, Bet Rivers, CDW, Connie's Pizza, and Miller Lite. Here are your hosts, Jeff Joliak, a.k.a. the Mayor of Bearsville, and his sidekick, Tom the Surfmaster Thayer. Good to be back. Rookies reporting this week, Friday. Veterans next Tuesday. It's time. We are ready to go. Training camp 2023 upon us, and we welcome you in to Bears Weekly. I am Jeff Joniak with the Super Bowl star guard, Tom Thayer, and Jim Miller from Sirius XM NFL Radio's Moving the Chains. Good evening, everybody. Did you miss me last week, Tom? Well, I noticed that you started by saying it's good to be back, and I meant thought. Did you mean that selfishly that you're happy to be back from your extravagant whirlwind multi multiple country vacation, or are you talking about the start of the NFL season? Jim Miller, I was talking about the start of the training camp, but I am also glad to be back with my boys here. So I well, uh, hope you guys you are back. happy to have me back. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, but, but, you know, Tom and I are much like Bill Belichick. No days off. No <laughs> days off. We just plow through. That's what we do here, Jeff. You know, I hope yeah, you I had understand. a good time. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know that you ever have taken a vacation, Jim, and if I ever, ever, ever even insinuate that Tom, when he goes to Maui for three weeks, are <laughs> uh, you ready for your vacation? He turns beet red angry and says, dude, I don't go on. I go to surf, <laughs> man. I, that's not a vacation. <laughs> The beauty of Maui and the beaches and whatever else comes along. But anyway, we'll wrap on all that another time. We got NFL football. We're going to be breaking down the NFC North today, uh, the old NFC Central, the black and blue division. We got a couple of great guests, our good pal Pete Bursich from the Vikings Radio Network will join us here coming up in moments. And then at the bottom of the hour, our old pal Wayne Larravee, the voice of the Green Bay Packers. So an NFC North preview tonight. We'll try to do Detroit on Monday of next week. That's another show here on Bears Weekly. Glad to have you alongside with Jordan Trudup and Dan Brilli, our producers. Thank you as well to Charlie Bevins and Tyler Rocky as well. Uh, while we're talking about the division, uh, I got asked on a couple of radio shows on our radio network, uh, Jim, here just in the last uh, couple of days, and everybody's wanting to know what, you know, everybody's just going to sleepy behind the Green Bay Packers and thinking that the Detroit Lions are the next best thing, uh, but acknowledging at the same time that the division is wide open. Are they off base? No, I don't, I don't think they're off base. I think when you look at Aaron, you know, think of Aaron Rodgers when he got his first year as a starter, they were a 6-10 and 10 football team, you know, and people forget about that. And there is a lot of young players that are surrounding Jordan Love. We know that the receivers like Dobbs and Watson, they're only going on their second year. They draft, obviously, a tight end. They're young there. Um defensively they weren't as they haven't been as good as what everybody has suggested that they were they were like 26 in the league at stopping the run um so they have to play much better defensively in my opinion because for me it's going to take a little while for that offense to catch up and plus I think it's going to put more uh, pressure on the play caller you know when you look at coach LaFleur because they won't have the flexibility at the line of scrimmage like they had with Aaron Rodgers, right? Remember when uh, Coach LaFleur got the job and he was like, wow, I don't know if I'm going to let uh, Aaron Rodgers check at the line of scrimmage. He's like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, so, you know, there's a lot of things that he's going to have to be uh, really that he's putting on himself pressure-wise to be a good play caller because I, I don't think Jordan Love will be going in and out of plays like what Aaron Rodgers was doing with ease. So I do see that team 
t- you know, taking a step back. Um, they're kind of going younger right now. I think everybody knows that. Not that that's not an exciting thing for Green Bay Packer fans. Uh, there are a lot of people that have even called into uh, moving the chains that are excited about it. They're ready to move on for, from Aaron Rodgers, and some are still disgruntled about it. So I do think uh, you know they need to grow a, as a team. And I think uh, really the best guy who said it was David Bakhtieri. He said, we just need to admit what we're doing here. And they're rebuilding. That's what Green Bay's doing. You know, one thing about Aaron Rodgers in this division, I think for the last 10 years, whenever they called the play into his headset, it was merely a suggestion. And if he liked it well enough, then they ran it. If he didn't, then he made a change either in the huddle or at the line of scrimmage. And he could do it with the vulnerabilities that he saw against the defense he was going to face when he broke the huddle. But I think when you look at the overall division this year, I do think it's a wide-open division. However, I think Detroit has finally been able to take an indoor stadium and turn it in to the loudest weapon in our division. And I know that they have a good uh, outdoor crowd in Green Bay and Minnesota, you know, does a nice job inside. But, you know, having uh, the, uh, you know, the opportunity to go to Detroit and play there late in the year when they were on a little bit of a run, it was an atmosphere that you better take control of quickly in the game or else it's just going to, I think it'll impact your offensive communication ability. All right, I want to touch on something. Uh, Justin Fields has been out and about. He's had a camp with uh, young kids and, and invited all those folks, and he had a good time doing that. Those youngsters uh, all showed up and, and enjoyed it as well. Uh, he's He's been on a couple podcasts, I believe, and one of them he was asked about his play and you know, basically says right now his knowledge of the offense, Tom, is such that uh, he feels he can do anything he wants on the field right now. And that is a great sign for when we actually start going here uh, because that kind of confidence coming from Justin is, is significant. Well, you know, the thing that Luke Etsy said at the podium when he was leaving the OTAs and mandatory minicamp, they want to be able to hit the ground running when training camp begins. They don't want to have to go over and rehash what they've already installed inside this offense over the next two weeks. They need to hit the ground running where they pick up where they left off and they just continue to refine everything. And as they refine everything and it becomes more familiar in terms of terminology to Justin, I think he can play more freely and more to these to his athleticism ability he has. Jim, uh, he also was asked on a, on a show here for CBS Sports, I believe, uh, uh, to name the five top running quarterbacks in NFL history, and he was at, he, he said he could include himself if he so desired, and he did, along with Steve Young, Lamar Jackson, Michael Vick, and Cam Newton. It's got a lot of attention, but last year was dynamic, no question. Yeah, well, he is. He's a he's a tremendous athlete. You know, sometimes I wish you know I, there's kind of no upside to to respond to to questions like that. You know, because you're kind of putting him in, in, in a pickle. Because for, for me personally, I do not want him to be a top five running back. Right. Because out of all those quarterbacks you just mentioned, there's not a lot of Super Bowl wins. Cam Newton, yeah, he was a great running quarterback, but he got beat up and he's out of the league right now. I think it's how you run and how smart you are as, as a runner where you can really preserve your body. And if he comes along as, as the passer that we think he, he can be, this team's going to be much more balanced and they'll have a, a better ability to go fur, further in the pro season is, is my take on it. But, again, it's just it's a lot of talk, you know, and it's excitement before uh, training camp and, and things like that. And, you know, if that's a goal of his, I, I wish him good luck on his journey to, to get that. But, you know, I think we want to see 
this team a more balanced team and throwing the football. I want them to be a top five passer because uh, guys like you know, Patrick Jim, Mahomes and those guys, that's how they're winning Super Bowls. I'm, I'm sorry, Jim. Yep. You know, part of running is what are you doing? Are you running beyond the line of scrimmage or are you running to stay open? Because when you look at guys like John Elway, even Doug Flutie or Fran Tarkington, they stayed behind the line of scrimmage to get the ball out of their hands and create some big plays, and that's what those guys were able to do. If we're talking about quarterbacks that have to break the line of scrimmage and run downfield, then you know you're, that's, that's when the fear of injury comes in where I'd rather see a quarterback extend the pocket, fatigue the defense, and get a completion downfield. He also says he's going to be the first Bears quarterback in history to throw for more than 4,000 yards, something that has uh, not happened in Bears history. We'll talk all about that and more on the Bears' confidence from the quarterback. Sounds good on the uh, basically the eve of training camp as the Bears get ready for the 2023 season. When we come back, we'll be joined by Pete Bursich, the radio analyst, Chicago area product, Notre Damer, football player and coach for the Vikings. He's next here on ESPN Chicago and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. This segment of Bears Weekly is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an in-clinic or virtual appointment to start feeling better tomorrow. Always feeling great when we get to talk to their guest tonight, Pete Bursich. A uh, born and bred. You know, I didn't know he was born in Joliet. I know he went to yeah. Providence Catholic, but he was born yeah. in Joliet. Tom Thayer, the color analyst of the Vikings Radio Network. Pete, how are you feeling tonight, buddy? Thanks for taking I'm out good. some time. I, yeah, and I, I, mean, I, I have to declare I've, I grew up in New Lenox Township, so I didn't. I didn't grow up in J Town like Thayer. But you were did. born in Joliet. I was born there. Yes, I was born yeah. there. So I, you know. You know, and here's the thing. I've been in Minnesota, I've been in Minnesota for 30 years. No one knows where the hell New Lenox is, so I just say Joliet. Maybe sometimes they know. It just you know makes it easier. Makes it well, easier. I appreciate it with camp coming up here uh, next week. I know you're getting ready, but uh, the the number one question I have for you, just right out of the gate, because we're going to talk about this later, uh, Jim Miller and Tommy and I, about the whole running back situation. <clears throat> I know it's about cap. I know it's about money. But why did the Vikings move on from Dalvin Cook? Um, yeah, that's that's a that's a good question. I think is it you know obviously is there is there more to it than that? I think yes, Dalvin did eat up a lot of cap space, but there's no question he was a he was a pretty big shot in the arm of the offense. Um, you know, does our offense value you know the scheme value that position as much as it did before? I mean, you look at uh, when. When Zimmer was there, um, you know, Cook was around 40% of the offense. I think 40% of the yards went through him. And, you know, so he was a huge, huge part of the offense. And, uh, the, you know, those numbers are coming down. But we needed him in the Buffalo game. We needed him in a couple other situations. Um, he's a very good blocking running back. Now, as a route runner, I mean, he's had, he made a couple of really nice catches in the end zone this year. So, my, I, I, I just can't see a way – in which management coaches um, didn't want him back. I think it was just a matter of, it really was just a matter of money. He's a great leader. And he's kind of the heart and soul of the offense, kind of like Zedarius Smith, I think, was for the defense. He was the guy that, the one guy we had that had a lot, that had some attitude, stayed out there even when he was injured, kept playing. And so we've lost that guy on both the offensive side and the defensive side of the of the field. So there's a, we got a lot of question marks coming into this year, so it's going to be interesting to see how camp plays out. 
Well, Pete, before the start of the season, when you look at the Bears and you think of Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards and you look at DJ Moore, you think of immediately the linebacker position for the Bears got better, include Jack Sanborn and that and the rest of the fellas. But now they have a little, uh, you know, veteran leadership and they got some young guys coming up. Right now, since the conclusion of the season to today, where are the Minnesota Vikings a better football team? <laughs> well, you would assume the offensive line is going to be better uh, because they're spending two years in a row, same group. Uh, you hope Ed Ingram continues to improve. I mean, you know, he was uh, 18 years old and started, I believe, 11 games for LSU as an 18-year-old in the SEC. Uh, he started every game last year for the Vikings. He had some ups and he had some downs. He's the guy that I think really, really needs to improve. Interesting with Bradbury, since the Vikings didn't pick up their fifth-year option, his fifth-year option, uh, but yet they decided to re-sign him anyway. So, you know, that offensive line group is really the one group that's sticking together. I think wide receiver-wise, you know, I think Justin Jefferson has every chance of getting to 2,000 if they can protect Cousins for a fraction of a second longer. Um, I went and watched all the passing plays from last year. and I mean, J.J. should have. He really should have hit 2,000 last year, but he was, you know, just short. So I think offensively, you know, the line in the receiving core, tight end group should be good too. Hawkinson, I mean, you should always have a good group there. Outside of that, it's going to be tough. The safety group has the same guys coming back. Lewis Seen, our first-round draft pick from last year, broke his leg. He should be back. Um, you know, Byron Murphy at corner was a good sign. He's a very, very, very good man-to-man guy. Um, I think that's what you're going to see a little bit more out of this floor as defense with some challenging on the outside, a little more man-to-man, uh, and he's the guy to do it. But, um, you know, the rest of them, the rest of the groups, we've, we've got some big question marks, Tom, and that's, you know, that's the thing. We go into this, we go into this season with, with a lot of personnel question marks, and we're going to need a lot of young players to finally step up and, and, and you know, rookies and young guys to – to play we know Matt, we know about alexander madison but can he replicate what cook did he had a really good game against arizona last year but can we get that out of him for 15 16 weeks you know it's, it's just there's a ton of question marks and that's that's what concerns me the most i don't think this is going to be a losing season by any means but i think with the success they had last year now you're playing all the you know the teams that won the division um you know we we, we need a lot of guys to really pan out uh, for this team to to try to replicate that thirteen and four record, yeah, Pete. For for me, Jim Miller, good to talk to you. As an outsider, I, I'm trying to see what the plan is here because you know they could have extended Kirk Cousins. Maybe that could have cleared up cap space because you got Kendricks who who left. He was the leading tackler. You just mentioned Zadarius Smith and Cook, and we could go on. There's other players that have gone here, and the window is kind of right now. You know, the, when you look at the exodus of Aaron Rodgers, and I'm saying to myself, why isn't Minnesota doubling down because they won the division <laughs> last year? But, you know, that's that's a that's a very good point. And my condolences for having to deal with those other two most of the time. I really, you know, it, it's it's uh, you know Thayer and Joniak having to sit in between <laughs> those two, and you know, I don't know, I don't know how you do it. You should, whatever they're paying you, they should double it. Uh, very very good point. You know, I think the focus is really to keep Justin Jefferson around. And you, what you can't do is pay a receiver, you know, maybe a record-breaking salary or somewhere up there and then not have a quarterback to throw the ball to him. So I think, you know, for Kirk Cousins, um, you know, he's getting older. And we got to keep an eye on his arm strength big time because, 
he doesn't he doesn't scramble. He doesn't move around. He has that accuracy and arm strength. And if that starts to wane, his I think his productivity in his game will fall off pretty quickly. Now, whether or not that'll be the case, I don't know. Uh, but uh, I don't know if the Vikings are as concerned about him. You know, let's say next season testing the free agent market. I think what they may have had to do to extend him. Um, would be more than what they wanted or what they wanted to pay him. And they're not afraid of, you know, of, of just letting him go ahead and do that. Now, will he ever get there? I don't know, but they have those, you know, it's a big combination there that they have to resign and figure out, which is one of the reasons why you saw the departure of a guy like Eric Hendricks. And, you know, I think, um, I don't think Eric was, was a fit for the scheme that we were trying to run. I really don't. Dallas ran the ball 40 times against us. And, um, he came away with a game with three combined tackles. Now, I don't know any linebacker uh, when he faced 40 runs and come up with three tackles, there's, there's something going on there. I think he was nicked up quite a bit throughout the year. So, you know, losing Dalvin Tomlinson was a big loss too. I think losing Darius Smith and Dalvin Tomlinson were big losses. Um, the line, you know, and we didn't really draft or sign anyone to fill that other spot. So maybe a Brian Osimo will step up, you know, um, we got this this undrafted free agent kid from Cincinnati. His name's Ivan Pace. Now I just hope the kid makes the team, but he'll knock your eyeballs across. He's about five foot ten, about two forty. He's like London Fletcher all over again. Yep. You know, I'm hope I'm just got my fingers crossed that this kid finds a way to make this team because I think he has the potential of being, you know, an old, like I said, an old school type of linebacker. And so, but again, those these are the question marks I'm talking about, right? We're these are the guys that we need. To, to step up and figure it out and not just be starters, but be productive starters. So um, it's, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm the closer we get to camp, the more of a kind of wait and see attitude I'm, I'm getting. I do think, again, the Vikings will be successful, but you're right. Without Aaron Rodgers in green Bay, um, Detroit, I mean, the only, they, the way they finished last year and I don't care what they did in the draft and all people don't like what they did in the draft. They're still going to be a damn good football team. Uh, coming in this fall, you guys are vastly improved, no question about it. And so, you know, hopefully, all three of us can beat up on Green Bay twice, and just, you know, that'll be my, that'll be the end, and that's the that's that'd be the best NFC North season I could think of. Yeah, that sounds good. Put six losses on them right out of the gate. Uh, one last question: yeah, We'll let you go. I, yeah, hey, you know, you you told me you were going to football practice today, right? So, yeah. what are you doing now? Well, I'm helping out. I'm helping out my stepson. He's an 11U at uh, the Hinsdale Falcons. You know, I'm okay. helping him out. You know, I've been trying to get a, you know some people out to eat dinner, but they just don't. You know, they never return phone calls and stuff. So yeah, that's I bad. Figured, what yeah. the hell? But listen, Nabuki <laughs> in Hinsdale has I'm our name kidding. on it. We're going. Tom I'm would kidding. love to come. Jim will fly yeah, him in. Hey, we're eight. I'm we're, I'm eight, I'm like two blocks away. I'm right. Well, yeah. right now I'm about eight blocks away. But yeah, just. It's just, you know, it's this time of year, I'm helping out with the Hinsdale Central team, you know, the high school team. We've got a big scrimmage tomorrow night. Uh, you know, it, it's I love this time of year. Kids need football now more than ever. And the game's changed, yeah, but, you know, I, I still love passing it on and getting these guys excited to go out there and run around. I think all four of us would uh, certainly agree with agree. that. That is so important. Pete, always I would love, love to talking say, to you. I, would, yeah. I just want to see Thayer out there with the tight polyester shorts with socks pulled up and the whistle around his neck. You know what I mean? It's just old yeah. school. Old yeah, school. but he'd be wearing flip-flops with that look, too, though. Yeah. So I don't know the if he can pull that off out of practice. The you know, on the back of his shorts, the whole thing. Of course. I, I, yeah, I would, I'd pay money to see that. A, b- a bald guy with a visor on. There's nothing yeah. like it. <laughs> I love the look. It's the best ever. 
Oh, anyway. All right, Pete. All right, enjoy. We'll talk to you down the road here. All right, thank Thanks, you, Pete. man. All right, we'll see Pete you. Pete Persich, outstanding. Love talking to Pete. He still lives in the Chicago area and commutes to Minnesota for the season and doing a great job there. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the running back position from a league-wide perspective. It's gaining a lot of attraction, obviously the discussion, and the franchise tag players who are not signed to long-term deals at this point. We'll get into all that with Jim Miller and Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. This is Bears Weekly on ESPN Chicago and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. So you want the access to every Bears home game, exclusive seating, sideline credentials, and more now available. So get the ultimate VIP fan package this season by visiting ChicagoBearsVIP.com. Jim Miller. Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak with you. In a short while, Wayne Larravee, the voice of the Packers, will join us. Take a look at the Green Bay Packers of 2023. All right, I touched on this. I, I, I want to talk about it, the running back position. I know Tommy and I are big running back guys, Jim Miller. We are. We always will be. Love the running game. But uh, all, uh, the discussion and the, and the outrage right now at that position among the backs themselves, from Saquon Barkley to Josh Jacobs and Tony Pollard and anyone else who's chiming in on it, what what is your take on it? Because there, teams still like running the football, and there is value in addition when you think of Austin Eckler as a pass receiver and the pass protection. You know, what is your take on what's happening here, and how do you feel about it as a veteran quarterback? Yeah, well, one, I I I think guys miscalculated the the markets. Clearly, Saquon Barkley miscalculated it. He's not the first one to do it. Le'Veon Bell did it and paid dearly, and he recently came out and apologized for that. But, you know, he basically cost himself, Saquon Barkley, probably about $4 million, you know, because the Giants had offered him a two-year, $13 million deal. So he would have got $26 million guaranteed uh, over the next uh, two years. And now if he plays this year out with the tag, we know he's going to hold out. Uh, but he'll come in and play, and it's $10 million. But the issue is that market is going to go down because that tag next year may go down. I mean, look at the guys who all have taken pay cuts, right? Delvin Cook, they asked him to take a pay cut. Aaron Jones, he took a $9 million uh, pay cut, and th- they're not the only one. You know, So I, I think they miscalculated the market. The position is different nowadays. I think in teams want to do this back by committee, and very few teams Unlike the Giants and unlike uh, the Raiders, a lot of teams do running back by committee. We know Jacobs is a bell cow. Uh, Saquon Barkley is a bell cow. Uh, Derrick Henry is a bell cow. And Nick Chubb is a bell cow. But those teams, that those are few and far between. Right now, everybody wants to go by committee. I think yeah. in why that position has changed uh, right Tom, now. Tom, would you rather? Plus quarterbacks are taking away carries, too, from the running back. I'm they, sorry. They are. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. But, you know, when, when you stack up the cash, would you rather pay a wide receiver? There, there are wide receivers that are the twos or threes on their teams that are making a significant amount more money and projected to than your number one running back. Uh, to me, you know. But, you know, is, analytic, is, uh, an, analytically, what is their contribution? Because if you're a running back and you're a first down running back, then if you get into a second long or third down, they got to take you out because you can't block. You know that's just part of the that's part of the running back why you're not being paid as a first, second, third down back. And Jim mentioned the guys that in this league that are considered for, you know three down backs, and there's not very many of them. So when you're talking about how many reps are you going to contribute a game, 
how many how many reps are you going to contribute against a team that is more likely to get the ball thrown against them more than you're going to run the ball? So there's a lot of different factors that you have to take into account when you're talking about the running back position. And when you're talking about the receiver position, a special receiver, a special, special guy, a chase and uh, Jefferson from Minnesota, they're going to get paid a lot of money. That's just the way they advance the football. And that's the big plays they make. But if you're talking about a running game um, that is averaging four yards a carry and you don't have an offensive coordinator that wants to run the ball that much, then analytically, they're you know they're going to determine that you shouldn't make as much as some of the other big play players are making. And you, you block for the greatest. Well, you just you block for the greatest, Walter Payton. Yeah. Okay, I mean, would you be paying him? Yeah, because you don't have to take him out of the game. He doesn't miss games. He's there for 17, 16 games a year. There's not a play that you you need to take out of the playbook against any opponent. You, when you have the opponents and they get prepared for Walter Payton, there's guys that are nervous to tackle them. So Jim, when you take you take into account what Walter contributes, yes, I would. Jim, will this cycle back at any point where uh, running I, backs will feel a little love? Yeah, I think it's just a market correction right now. I mean, realistically, would Christian McCaffrey have got his deal now in today's current market? I, I would say no. I don't think the 49ers, and he's he's a very special player. Don't get me wrong. I just think it's a market correction. You know, you look at the back, say good luck to David Montgomery. Uh, he gets uh, basically uh, $7 million bucks a year. You look at Miles Sanders, his deal's uh, for $24 million, so he's right around uh, $7 million a year. So 10 to $15 million backs is just taking a step back. It, it'll cycle back, uh, yeah. in my opinion, um, and it'll, it'll happen, um, but it just – you know, that's just where it's at right now. And look at all these backs coming out. I mean, look what Brees Hall was doing last year for the Jets. Yep. Look what Damian Pierce did last year for Houston. You know, you got this inventory of backs. That right. Or they're, Isaiah they're Pacheco, you yeah. know, in the Super Bowl. And I think that's that's part of this discussion. Hey, we're going to cycle through here now and bring in Wayne Larrabee, our good friend, the voice of the Green Bay Packers. Welcome into ESPN Chicago and the Bears Radio Network. Hey, we can hand you the baton and talk about backs <laughs> because yours – Aaron Jones took a mighty big pay cut to stay there, and that's that's a big point of my discussion about the division, Wayne, and it, it is good to, good to talk to you again, that the Green Bay Packers, despite the change of quarterbacks, still has two good, very good running backs that can carry the baton and help things out there, along with a bunch of really good defensive players. Uh, what, what is your take on this whole running back conversation throughout the league right now? Yeah, it's very interesting, Jeff. And, you know, some of these guys are like 27, 28. Uh, you know, I think Dalvin Cook is around 28 years old, and uh, the Vikings don't want him. And, and you know, it's it's very interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, I guess it's the wear and tear, the running back position. It's the fact that uh, if you rep that running game, if you invest in it, you're going to get positive yardage anyway. There's that factor to it. Maybe it has something to do with, remember the old zone blocking scheme, they ran under Shanahan in Denver and how uh, any they pick up a guy off the street and he'd rush for a thousand yards. So I, I don't know if that's what it's all about, but I do know this. Uh, there is value to the running game. Uh, there's no yeah. question about that. But um, it does seem to me like it's really hard for a running back to get a second contract. Darn near impossible in this league for a running back to get a third contract. 
Hey, Wayne, uh, I, I kind of wanted to ask you a question staying with the Green Bay Packers because I'm really interested in them because there's a lot that's been said about them throughout all last season and even this season. And it's the same question I just asked Pete, Pete Bursich because when you look at the Bears and you look at a couple positions that they've improved on paper during the offseason, where are the Green Bay Packers better right now than they concluded the season last year? Oh, boy, good question, Tom. Um, they're better because they're healthier on the offensive line. I think they started to figure it out on defense in terms of um, not only how they played the defense, but what you know what they would do in terms of uh, pressure, in terms of coverage especially. Um, they feel like they made some strides there down the stretch defensively last year, and certainly the numbers would say that. Um, but, you know, are they better at quarterback? No. Are they better at wide receiver? They're a little bit more experienced at wide receiver. I think they have potential to be better at wide receiver. But it's really hard for me to sit here and tell you that, okay, this team is better in this area, this area, this area, even without Aaron Rodgers. Because, as you know, a quarterback like that, uh, he's an eraser. He gets you out of a bad play into a good play. Uh, he can make a busted play into a big play. So, um, those are the things that we're hopefully going to see from Jordan Love, but probably not right away, in all honesty, because young quarterbacks take time. Wayne, good to talk to you. Jim Miller here, and, and that's where I'm going. Uh, the skill position players around him are very young. You draft Luke Musgrave, Tucker Crafts, another tight end they drafted. You mentioned Watson and, and Dobbs are going in on their second year, but those other guys are just kids. And where is Yeah, the... you know, Jim, well, you're so right. I mean, their most experienced receivers are – in their second year, right? Yeah. I mean, Christian Watson, uh, Romeo Dobbs, uh, Samari Toure. Um, now, they've got a couple of experienced tight ends, Josiah DeGora, but he's more of an H-back type. Uh, Tyler Davis had an opportunity last year, caught four balls. You know, uh, that's not the kind of production they were looking for. Um, you know, when I look at some of these guys, the thing about the skill position is this. You're exactly right. Uh, inexperienced. Jordan Love has thrown 83 passes in NFL games as a quarterback, okay? That's the most important position. You're right about the wide receivers, little experience there, even less experience at tight end when you figure that Musgrave and Kraft are probably going to be one and two at tight end for the Packers. However, the one thing I would caution you on, we're saying inexperience. We're not saying talent. They have talent. These guys are talented. They can be really good players. They really like Jaden Reed, think he can make a big difference in the slot. There's a lot going for these young guys, but they are young and inexperienced. And, and Jim and Tom and, and Jeff, you guys know, um, youth doesn't win in the NFL anymore. It's a man's game, it's an, which means it's an experienced kind of game. So that's what the Packers are up against well, with this team me, here. L- let me follow up with this, Wayne. What have you seen from the maturity factor of Jordan Love to, to bring those guys along? Because there's going to be moments where he, he's got to tell these guys what to do. Uh, let's be honest. And he's got to be able to, to step in there and say, hey, we need this done this way and get these young players. Because I remember even when Anthony Thomas was our, running, was our running back, he was rookie of the year. I had to tell him sometimes, hey, man, if the Will Backer comes, block him. If he doesn't, get <laughs> yes. out. You know what I mean? Where he, that's why I want to know about the maturity level of Jordan Love to really make that happen if that needs to happen in games. Well, Jim, you know, the thing about Jordan Love, we've seen all we need to see of Jordan Love, okay? It would do us no good to see him spend another year behind Aaron Rodgers 
another year where he plays the majority of the preseason, another year where he uh, runs the first-team offense for the majority of the off-season program. Uh, that's, he, he's done all of that, and he's, he's improved each year. Um, from a maturity standpoint, um, he's probably a little bit different leader than Aaron Rodgers, maybe not quite as demonstrative. He seems to me to be his body language is a little more toned down than that of an Aaron Rodgers or even a Brett Favre. But um, I do think he has uh, he has the support of that locker room and the people around him. And you're exactly right. He's leading very young guys. I mean, he's he's going into his fourth year. Guys like Christian Watson, his number one receiver, going into his second year. Same thing with Dobbs, Musgrave, and Kraft are rookies. Now you've got some experience in Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. The offensive line is solid and very experienced. But, um, no, I think Jordan Love, to me, from what we've seen, in practice from what we've seen briefly in uh, his appearances in games. And I go back to not last year at Philadelphia, but the year before at Kansas City, where he had a terrible situation that he stepped into. Uh, uh, Jordan had to play because Aaron had COVID that week in Kansas City against the Chiefs. Um, They brought the house against him all all game, and he hung hung in there well. He really did. uh, Didn't win the game, but had the Packers in the game and threw a touchdown pass late that made it a closer game. But – I think the guy has those leadership intangibles. Um, now the thing we're waiting to see is what is he going to do at the snap of the football, reading the defense, understanding what the defense is trying to do and where he has to go with the ball. And, and that's something, Jim, that only the, to, to do it at the level of Aaron Rodgers or some of these other guys, Mahomes, um, you know, those guys, that's a God-given gift. And we don't know if Jordan Love has that because we haven't seen him over the course of a season. Wayne Larrabee, our guest here on Bears Weekly with Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, Jeff Joniak. Final question before we let you go. We appreciate taking the time. Uh, I keep talking about the defense, too. Obviously, it's all been well-written and well-documented how many first-round picks since 2012 have been dedicated to defense, and that is 11, <laughs> 11 players. So you got a bunch of first-round pedigree guys in there and a new one in Lucas Van Ness in that rotation with Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. Can that defense and your running game kind of spread spread things out and uh, kind of carry the day for a while until we find out what uh, your new quarterback is all about. Well, Jeff, as you guys know, they have invested heavily in this defense. They really have. <laughs> yes, they have. With free agent dollars over the years, with first-round draft choices, they have eight of them on this defense that will be playing this year. Um, they've done all they could to try to build this defense. It now has to happen. I mentioned earlier, that I thought they started to find their stride down the stretch last year. Um, you know, they were get, it gave up 20 points or fewer in each of the final five games of the season, you know, and that's a big factor for the Packers. Now, the rush defense has to be better, and the key there is going to be T.J. Slayton going into his third year out of Florida. This is a big kid who's got all the talent in the world, but like a lot of these big interior linemen, uh, they turn it on and turn it off. They need T.J. Slayton to turn it on and leave it on. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Um, this defense is going to be counted on. There's no question. So is the running game. But here's something about the defense that was interesting to me, and, and it gets back to the inconsistency that Joe Barry, the defense coordinators, talked about. This defense gave up an average of six yards per play on first down plays by their opponents. How, and that was, 20, uh, that was 30th in the league. However, on third down conversions, 37.6%, eighth in the league on third down conversion. So it t- shows you that, number one, they're inconsistent, but number two, they have the ability to stop people. 
Well, it won't be long now to the opening kickoff. Week one, Bears Packers. You can't you can't get better than that to start a season, Wayno. How about it? Should be no, fun. no. Looking forward to seeing you guys as always, Jeff, and uh, all the best, Jim Miller. Good to talk to you. Enjoy your work on uh, Sirius and uh, Tom Thayer. Always the best. Thanks, Jim. Right. Thanks, Appreciate Wayne. it, Wayne. We will talk to you down the road. We'll take a break. We'll return and pick up more conversation about what's ahead for the Bears at training camp with Jim and Tom. I'm Jeff Joniak here on ESPN and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. Bears Weekly is brought to you by CDW. People to get it. Jeff Tom and Jim Miller with you. Jim from Sirius XM NFL Radio is moving to change. So my takeaway on the interviews of Pete Bursich and Wayne Larrabee, fellas, is there's a lot of great players on both teams still, but there's still a lot of uncertainty, Jim and Tom, and, and that's going to be true for the whole division. And in large part, the whole NFL, with the exception of a few teams that are built to, to try to win the bundle right away. Uh, but I guess that's how we start every season, Jimbo. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, because you're always bringing along young players and you want them to take uh, big jumps. The Bears did that last year. I, I do think the Bears ha- have a shot in, in this division. I do think they need uh, to add a little bit more pass rush. They'll see where it is at the valuation at the beginning of uh, camp. But all those young players that, that played those rookie season, that, that's money in the bank. And there's more young players that are going to play uh, for the Chicago Bears. There should be much more offensive accountability by this group. Do think the defense can take a jump with the uh, the players that they played that they signed here in, in free agency, and and we'll see where it goes. But they they've got as good a shot as any, in, in my opinion. You know, Jim and Jeff, when you look at this division and we talk about all the marquee players within this division. I think the coaches have as much pressure on themselves as the players do. Because when you talk about the transition of quarterback in Green Bay, you talk about what's expected out of the quarterback position here in Chicago, the uncertainty of the future of the quarterback position in Minnesota, and the uncertainty of the quarterback position in in Detroit in terms of health and the ability to make it through 17 games and all that. I, I think the coaches on both teams, no matter what position they're coaching, they have pressure on them too to make sure that they uh, allow their teammates or their their position to grow. The Bears linebacker position is, you know, you have two experienced veterans that come from two different football teams. Now they come into and they play a similar style defense here in Chicago, but they got to get acclimated to everything. The defensive backs behind them in the safety position and how they move around plus on how active the defensive line is front of them. So I think this is going to be as as an interesting coaching year as it is some of the marquee players that we've been talking about. Yeah, we're going to learn a few things, that's for sure. I, 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 You know, am I off the best player in the division, regardless of position, Justin Jefferson? Jim? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say that, definitely. I'd, I'd definitely say that. He is, he is extremely talented. I mean – I mean, if he keeps on going on the pace that he's going, I mean, he's getting in, you know, he'll go into Randy Moss stratosphere. I mean, let's be honest. He he will be the highest paid receiver when it's all said and done when they do his contract. So you have a receiver who can touch it so many times a game. To me, I think the most explosive player in the division is Justin because he gets the ball handed to him every game. Now the decision process he goes through after he calls a play in the huddle, and if he's not confident with the pass or an open receiver, and then he turns into a running back, he's the best running back in the league, in the division. 
And so if he does become more um, comfortable in the passing in, in the NFL and with his teammates and the development of DJ Moore, uh, Cole and Tunyon at the quarter, at the tight end position, I, I think as much as Justin can have a 2000 yard season, uh, Justin Jefferson, I think Justin Fields is talking about a 4,000 yard passing season when he could still rush for a thousand yards. Yeah, yeah, that's a heck of a point. Uh, interesting how Wayne, who was the voice of the Bears during the 85 championship team, that was the youngest in the NFL, that he said this is a, a big man's game and a, an experienced man's game. And to Jim's point, this is a young Bears team that could get younger, depending on who makes the final 53. But just quick math, there are 16, make, make it 18 guys that are 26 or younger on this team right now that are key players if you put them on the depth chart and say who's starting, who's going to make impact, and then uh, Walker, the new addition on the on the uh, defensive line, and Eddie Jackson at 29. So uh, that's a big number of players under 30 years of age, and yeah. I love it. I personally Listen, love it. You know, I, I see I, I kind of disagree with Wayne a little bit because I think it's a young man's game. You know, it's the young guys that you got to get these guys playing within their first contract. So you, when you were at the crossroads of that financial decision, you know exactly what you're going to invest in or you're not going to invest in. And Matt Eberflus said it last year that he's not opposed to playing young men. And then when you look at the Jalen Carters or the Darnell Wrights or the other young men that have come into the league this year, uh, you know, quarterbacks at the top of the draft, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what, what the young guys do in the, in the NFL. Jim, where you stand on that topic? Because you, uh, you, you've eloquently uh, pointed out some of the things you dealt with in 01 with that team with uh, a rookie running back and Anthony Thomas and a rookie receiver, David Terrell. Yeah, and that's where I think, it, you know, just talking to Wayne, that's going to be the challenge uh, for Jordan Love. You know, can he guide those guys and can he bring them along? You know, how much uh, knowledge base does he have? And uh, we already mentioned, and even Wayne kind of, uh, you know, doubled down on what I said that it's going to put a lot more pressure on the head coach because typically when you have young skill position players, you want a veteran quarterback. And if you've got a young quarterback, you want skilled players that have experience. That's, that's how it's always kind of been uh, in the NFL to what? Bring the young quarterback uh, along. So this, uh, that'll be an interesting experience. I mean, look at Patrick Mahomes now. They move on from Tyreek Hill. He's bringing all those guys along. He's a veteran now. You know, yep. and he's a, a leader with all this experience. And Andy Reid knows, hey, man, I, my quarterback's got this. You know, look at uh, Aaron Rodgers. He probably went through three sets of receivers there. Uh, Tom Brady, he went through three sets of receivers in New England. And so the, you count on your veteran to bring them along. So I think that's an in- interesting experiment of how they're doing it there uh, in Green Bay. All right, we're going to take our last break and have one more whip around the league, the latest news of the day as we check down towards training camp in 2023. This is Bears Weekly on ESPN and the Bears Radio Network. This is Bears Weekly with the voice of the Bears for 23 years, Jeff Joniak on the Bears Radio Network. This segment of Bears Weekly is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an in-clinic or a virtual appointment and start feeling better tomorrow. Jeff and Tom, Jim Miller wrapping things up on tonight's show. We'll be back with you next Monday, the night before training camp opens. We'll hear from all the important uh, players on this team 
heading into the 2023 season. Training camp to get started. We'll hear from the top of the organization, Ryan Poles and head coach Matt Eberflus as well. A couple things. Fellas, let's start with Jim. So there are now 27 teams scheduling joint practices with other teams. Uh, this camp, Bears included, they'll be going in week two to Indianapolis before they play the Colts. Uh, I always think this is uh, a tremendous a tremendous bonus for a team that does this, and uh, I'm certain you agree with me, and tell us why. Well, it's because you, you sometimes can't script, you know, certain things don't unfold in the preseason game. Say your, your goal line offense or short yardage. Uh, maybe that doesn't, or maybe even a two-minute drill, to, depending on how the spring or how the preseason games unfold. But in a controlled scrimmage, you can script all those things, uh, where you you script the goal line period, you script a, a short yardage period, and you work on the things against a different opponent uh, that you may nece- not necessarily get an opportunity to do uh, to do in a preseason game. It's uh, it's controlled. They will have some live periods. Uh, there's no doubt about that in terms of the blitz periods and, and things like that. And it's just better work because it scripts situations that may not unfold in preseason games. Right, For me, uh, I ju- you know, I just like the players. They get to see other players. But you better get the two coaches in agreement upon what the tempo of the practice is because I've been a part of too many joint practices that our tempo was a little bit more aggressive than our opponents, and all it did is end up being fights. I know they don't have that anymore in the NFL, but you have to understand tempo if you're going to get something out of it. All right, we got about two minutes here. Uh, Jim, DeAndre Hopkins to Tennessee with offensive coordinator Tim Kelly was with him in Houston. He had a humongo year, 115, 15, 27, and 11 touchdowns. Is that a good signing for him? Yeah, I, I think so. That's a big boost for they needed somebody to go opposite and take some pressure off a, a Traylon Burks there. That they did offer the most money, you know, it's basically a, a two year twenty six million dollar deal, but they'll have the out after after this year, I I would think. And for Tennessee, it it really for them it's a sign that, that they're not giving up on that division. You know, a lot of people just think Jacksonville is, is gonna walk away with it. Indianapolis are coming along and we'll see what happens down in Houston, but it tells you Tennessee, they're all in. They feel they can win that division. I think with that signing, Tom Cole Komet, you're not on Twitter, but he was trending a little bit uh, this <laughs> weekend today because Jacksonville signed Evan Ingram to a three-year, forty-one million-dollar contract, and uh, he got a pretty good Madden rating, apparently. To, so, getting ready for the year, uh, are, are you hoping for some long-term extensions, not only with Cole here before the uh, season gets going, maybe? You know, play, put up the numbers, and you're going to get rewarded. This is not something that you're going to get a big cash payday if you don't improve and get more value out of your ability in the red zone. And final minute, Jim, the sale is complete of the Washington Commanders to Josh Harris's group. That also includes Magic Johnson. Uh, This is a, a breath of fresh air for the NFL, I would assume. Yeah, you just you know you hope uh, that Josh Harris doesn't go in there and just try to shake up everything right away. Just take your time, learn how to own. Uh, and you know, I know he owns other sports franchises, so I'm sh- sure he's got a good idea. Uh, but just evaluate and make the changes that that are necessary. I mean, it, this could be a total brand change when it's all uh, said and done. And so I I think it's a breath of fresh air. And I think uh, if he reaches out to the fans, he'll provide hope and hopefully a fan base that'll come back uh, to to the Commanders. That's going to do it for us. We'll talk to you Monday, Jim. Thank you so much, Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, Jeff Joniak. Thanks to Wayne Larrabee and Pete Bursich from the Packers and Vikings Radio Networks. Our executive producer of the Bears Radio Network is Eric Ostrowski. Thank you to Charlie Bevins. Coming up next, Tyler Aki. Enjoy his show. We'll talk to you Monday as we tick towards training camp here on ESPN Chicago and the Bears Radio Network. 
Thank you for listening to the Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears Weekly. Hosted by the mayor of Bearsville, Jeff Juniak, and Surfmaster Tom Thayer. Podcasts are available on the Chicago Bears official app. Brought to you by Verizon and Apple Podcasts. Bears Weekly has been brought to you by Bet Rivers and Miller Lite.